Um, if you don't know me, woo, hello. Um, welcome, everyone. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Josh, um, and I'm super glad to be here. I'm super glad um, that you are here tonight. Thank you so much, Riley, for bringing that fella out. Um, yesterday, um, I had the privilege of going to my very first wedding ever. I've never been to a wedding um, since like, I was 14. I maybe went to my cousin's wedding, but outside of that, I have never been to a wedding. So this was kind of my first wedding going as an adult. Um, and it was truly um, a special time for me. Um, it was a, a time where I got to see um, some of my best friends um, get married. Um, it was this incredible um, time. I actually had to buy uh, brand new clothes because um, other than like Sunday, um, I just dressed like a bogan uh, for most of the time. Um, I've got good pluggers and everyday pluggers and then work pluggers. Um, so um, my um, wardrobe needed updating. So, um, and if you don't believe me, I brought a photo along. Ooh, hello, no, where's the photo? Oh, no, it doesn't want to show. There we are. There I am um, dressed and here um, is the moment of the hour. Um, Catherine and Jackson are the lovely new weds. It was a fantastic day. Um, I cried at several points during uh, the night um, and throughout the day. Um, and I'll just tally off the amount of times that I cried. Um, when the, we first saw the bride walk down, uh, when Jackson gave his vows, when Catherine gave her vows, um, when they kissed, when they got married, when they walked out, I was crying. Um, then, oh, gee, I'm losing count here. Um, we're at five there. Then, um, oh, the, the dance, I cried then uh, twice. Um, oh, jeepers, there's, there's a fair few. Um, we're probably looking double digits. Um, if you don't believe me, ask Steph. Um, she witnessed it all. Um, she was really just like, you know, my handkerchief for the entire day. It's a fantastic day. Um, it was raining, so people kind of thought, maybe it's just rain, maybe it's tears, nobody knows. Um, it's a great day. Um, and the reason why I cry is not because I'm sad, because um, when we witness like a wedding, there's something beautiful about it. Um, Rom-coms are my favourite genre, so that's maybe why I cry so much. But when we see people truly love each other well, when we see two people love each other well and families love um, their daughter and their son well, when we see friends love their friends and are excited for their friends taking a, a major step in their relationship, there's something beautiful about it. And it got me thinking, and I wanted to pitch you this question, how well do you love others? How well do you love others in your relationships, in your everyday life? Now, this question really could refer to anyone, really. How, who are the others that come to mind when you look at this question? Who do you love or how well do you love others? So let's just like narrow the sphere and kind of start with your family and friends. How well do you love your family and friends? Now, if we were to go around and kind of everyone was to grade themselves on how well they love their family and friends, chances are you'd rate yourself pretty high. You'd be like a nine or a nine and a half. You probably wouldn't give yourself a 10 because you know there are times where we don't love those people extremely well, but by and large, we love those people close to our heart well because they love us and we love them. But what if we were to broaden the circle? What if we were to say, hey, how well do you love your work colleagues? How well do you love your boss? How well do you love those people in your grade? 
How well do you love those people in the grade above you, the grade below you? How well do you love the people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis? Chances are, if we would go around and you were to grade yourself again, you'd rate yourself maybe an 8 or a 9, maybe not as high as what you would your family and friends, but again, it would be a, a high rating because we all, we all love well in those re- circumstances when it's easy to love. But what about when it's difficult to love? How well do we love those who have hurt us, who have done wrong by us, maybe hurt a friend of ours, maybe gossiped about us, frustrate us, anger, make us angry? How well do we love those people? For most of us, when we look at that question, we wouldn't even think about those people because we don't think they deserve our love and so we don't love them at all. We just kind of get out of their way and let them go on with their day. When we look at that question, most of us, when we, if we really boiled it down, the way we express love is we love those who are easy to love. We love our family, we love our friends, we love those who love us, we love those who we feel love for or who we like. But those who have hurt us, who have done wrong by us, we have a difficult time loving. In fact, a lot of the time we don't love them because we don't think they deserve our love. And so, uh, tonight, I want to challenge this. Challenge this whole idea of loving those who are easy to love. And actually say that maybe the category is broader. Maybe the category of people that we have to love is broader than just those who are easy to love. Maybe we actually have to love those people who are difficult to love as well. And I don't just want to challenge this, but um, Jesus challenged this idea um, in one of his most famous uh, messages ever, titled The Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew, who would have been one of Jesus' closest followers, one of his dirty dozen, um, documented this sermon. And um, he documented it in this historical document, um, brilliantly titled Matthew, Um, And we have um, access to that. And Jesus, within this message, takes the status quo of that day and then challenges it and says, hey, 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 maybe there's a different way of living. Maybe there's a new way of living. And if you live this way, maybe your life will be better. Maybe it will be more complete. Maybe you will experience life in a new way. Last week, uh, we looked at this idea that Jesus challenged the status quo and what apologies look like, and he kind of flipped everything upside down. Um, Tonight, in part two, uh, we're going to be looking at how Jesus kind of flipped the status quo and what it means to love others well. And this is what Matthew writes about what Jesus said about this whole idea of loving well. He says, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Jesus is talking to primarily Jewish people um, and these Jewish people knew kind of the law. Now, I just want you, um, if you're an unchurched person here tonight and you're like looking at this, love your neighbor, um, I just want you to know that Jesus isn't talking directly to you. This message is not um, directly applicable for you because what Jesus was talking to was um, followers of Jesus. And Followers of Jesus, what Jesus is about to kind of flip upside down, are obligated 
Jesus says, this is the way that you are meant to live if you follow me. This is the standard at which you are to love if you follow me. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not required to live to that standard because you don't follow Jesus. It doesn't matter. It's up to you. you can, the benefit of tonight is you're off the hook. You don't need to apply tonight's message at all. You just get to sit down and watch and enjoy. Um, and take, like, take it from me, after this message, you maybe be glad that you're not a follower of Jesus because the extent in which Jesus calls his followers to love is very difficult. It's very demanding. And it will demand a lot from you. And it may cost you something. But in saying that, and don't want you to just kind of turn off either because there is some benefit in this message for you. Because while you may not believe in Jesus, what you may discover about what Jesus teaches about how to love others, you may discover that the Christianity that you've experienced and the Christianity that Jesus came to establish is worlds apart. And maybe you don't want anything to do with the Christianity that you've experienced, but maybe there's something more to the Christianity that Jesus came um, to establish. And that's what Jesus takes this whole status quo idea. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love your neighbor was like an old, was an old command given by God to the Jewish people. Hate your enemy was never in there though. Jewish people like inserted that because they, they took love your enemy as, or love your neighbor as being those close to you, those easy to love. But that's not what Jesus had in mind. That's not what God had in mind when that command was given. And so he takes it and clarifies what was meant by it. And he says this, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Love those who have hurt you. Love the people who have done wrong by you. Love those who you find difficult to love, those who frustrate you, who make you angry. Love those in spite of how you may feel of them, feel about them. I want you to love those people, not just the people who are easy to love, but those who are also difficult to love. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've been in church for some time, you've probably heard this, me- um, this uh, passage before. However, the way you've interpreted it, interpreted it, now, that's the word, I think. Um, just like, let me out there. Um, I'm not going to try and uh, say it again. But uh, the way you've kind of thingamajigged it um, <laughs> um, is not what Jesus actually intended, but you've interpreted, oh, no, uh, love your neighbor and do not hate your enemy. This is the kind of the way that you've embraced this idea, this teaching of Jesus. Love your neighbor and do not hate your enemy. But that's not what Jesus had in mind when he said love your enemies. So we kind of see, hey, hey, we get to love those who, who we kind of find it easy to love. And those we find difficult to love, okay, we'll let them off the hook. We'll get out of their way and watch them uh, go on with their day. We won't do anything wrong by them. We won't say anything bad about them. But that's all we're going to do. We're not actually going to extend love. We're not actually going to uh, get out and help that person. We're not going to actually do what is right and best for that person. We're just going to let them go on their merry way. We're not going to interfere with their life. But that's not what Jesus said. That's not what Jesus wanted his followers to do. He didn't say, do not hate your enemy, but he said, love your enemies. 
the love that Jesus is talking about is not like a happy, ooey-gooey kind of rom-com love, but he's talking about practical love, an application love. He's talking about doing what is right and best for someone, regardless of how you may feel about them. Regardless of how they've treated you. Regardless of your relationship with them. To do what is right and to do what is best for them. Even if they've hurt you. Even if you don't like them. Notice that Jesus calls them enemies. He's like, love your enemies. He doesn't say, hey, 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 they're not enemies, just love them. No, he recognizes that you've been hurt and that they don't deserve love. Maybe they haven't earned it. And Jesus says, regardless of whether they've earned it or not, regardless of whether they've hurt you or not, regardless of your relationship with them, you are required to do what is right and best for them. Love your enemies. And that might sound like a tall order, and it really is. And you might be like, how could anyone do that? Well, Jesus didn't just teach this, but he demonstrated it with his own life. He demonstrated unconditional love, showing love to others regardless of how you feel about them, how um, or what they have done to you. Um, and regardless of your relationship with them, he demonstrated this unconditional love to each and every person that he interacted with. Um, and if you read the four biographical, uh, biographical accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this becomes so evidently clear. You, as you walk through these narratives, as you read what is written about Jesus' life, what becomes so clear is that Jesus loved others well. Those who persecuted him, he loved. Those who society put to the side, he loved and embraced. Those who people judged, he embraced still and loved and extended love to them. And this would all come to a climax, the best maybe demonstration of just this, to the extent that Jesus was prepared to love was at the very end of his life, where he was accused for a crime that he didn't commit. And he was beaten and mocked. And then he was eventually executed by the Roman Empire for something he didn't even do. Even though he was innocent, he was treated in a terrible way. And Luke kind of gives us an insight into just the way Jesus was treated. He says, the guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and said, prophesy to us, who hit you that time? And they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. Jesus is blindfolded, he's getting beaten up and they're just mocking him. And then right after that, he would have to be executed on a cross. And if you know nothing about crucifixion, it's not this pretty sanitized, kind of way of dying. But it was, a, it was invented by the Roman Empire for two reasons. One, to ensure that people died painfully and slowly. They didn't want an easy death. They wanted you to experience the excruciating pain before you die. And the second reason why they executed people in this way was not just to um, hurt them, but was to strip them of every um, piece of dignity 
to strip them and shame them publicly in front of everyone. And what would have happened to every person who was crucified is they would have been stripped naked and they were placed on a cross on a hill so that the entire town could see them from when they walked past to strip them of dignity. And you go to football games and musicals for entertainment, they went to crucifixions for entertainment and they would mock the people being executed. And Jesus was mocked while he was killed and executed while he experienced this painful death for something he didn't even do. And in spite of all this, in spite of all his persecutors, Jesus prays this prayer to his heavenly Father. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. In spite of everything they had done to him, he extends love still. That is unconditional love. If anyone had a reason not to um, extend love in that moment, Jesus had a perfectly good one. He'd done nothing wrong and he was being beaten and mocked and crucified for it. And yet he doesn't make excuses, but he just loves unconditionally. And that's the love he's called his followers to demonstrate. Now, if you're sitting here and you've never been to church before, you are probably thinking, hey, I've never experienced that type of love when I think church, I don't think love in that kind of, to that extent, I think judgmental, I think um, hypocritical, I think abuse, like I don't think love, I definitely don't think unconditional love because I haven't experienced that. And that's really why Jesus calls his followers to demonstrate love in this way because when you love others in this way, in this unconditional way, people will begin to see just how much Jesus loved them. And they will begin to see just how much God has in store for them. But when you don't, when followers of Jesus fail to love well, people assume that God doesn't love them either. And they should, because if you are a follower of Jesus, you are designed to be a light that reflects who God is. And so I'm so sorry if you're um, an unchurched person if you experience that. And my hope is that you will never experience that again or at least never experience that again here at this church. And as we kind of draw to a close, I've, we've got this kind of application thing. Um, we call it Four Monday. And that's just really all about um, taking what is said and applying it to your life. Because... You've probably heard about this type of love before, but you may not demonstrate it in your day-to-day -day life. And it's because knowledge doesn't change the way you live, but actually applying it is the way that changes your life in a radical way. And so uh, what I want you to do for this full Monday is I want you to commit to show love to others regardless of how you may feel about them. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you don't need to apply this. Um, this is totally up to you. You can continue to love the way you want to love. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you are required to love in this way. And to help you kind of make good on this commitment and move in this direction of loving others regardless of how you may feel about them, I want you to set two daily reminders on your phone. Feel free to get your phones out now if you want to. Um, but I want you to set two daily reminders on your phone. I want you to get one in the morning 
Um, and the first reminder I want you to get is with this question. What does love require of me today? What does love require of me today? Before you go into your work day, before you go um, to school, I want you to be reminded of this question. What does love re- require of me today? What does love require of me today as I go into my everyday life, as I go to school, as I go to footy, as I go um, to work? What does love require of me today? How am I to love my boss, to love my work colleagues, to love my peers? How do I love in that situation? Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is a great question for you to ask upon your relationships with your friends and family because when you extend this type of love, there's kind of no way out. I've been aware and I've been applying this question for like the last kind of few years and um, I really love and hate this question because I hate it because there are things in it where you can't kind of wriggle out because the way you want to love is not always the way that love requires you to act. You know, when you're angry, you don't want to extend love. When you've been hurt, you don't want to extend love. But when you ask this question, there's no way out. You understand just the way you're meant to act. The second thing I want you to apply um, or to be reminded of is this question. How well did I love others today? So I want you to get this at the end of your day. Um, after you've finished work, after you got back from school, after you got back from uni, how well did I love others today? I want you to look back on your day, upon your interactions with your friends and your family, upon your interactions with your work colleagues and those, um, your customers that you serve. And I want you to ask, how well did I love them today? Over the last couple of weeks, I've been applying this question as I've been thinking over this message and uh, just going to be honest with you, this question sucks um, because you will see things in yourself and you will see the imperfections in the way you love. I've kind of been seeing that like I'm somebody who's like very stubborn. Once I like know like what my belief is and like a point or something like that, I will just continue to affirm my point without listening to what you're saying to me. And um, I will do it regardless of how you're feeling or I'll just continue to push my point, push my point and not actually listen to what you're saying. I don't love well in that area. And it's only something that I've begun um, to be aware of by asking this question, by how well did I love others today? And when you ask this question, you'll begin to see things in the way you love. And maybe there are people in your life that you don't love well. Maybe there are situations where you don't love well. And by applying this question, you will begin to be able to take steps to love better in those relationships. And I want you to set this as a reminder for as, as long as that it takes for you to like ingrain this into a habit into your everyday life. It, like, it may take you three months, it may take you six months, it may take an entire lifetime. And maybe you will need that to be a reminder for you for an entire lifetime because the reality is, if you're a follower of Jesus, there will never come a time where you are not required to do what love requires of you. There will never come a time, no matter how they treated you, no matter what they've said to you, there will never come a time in your life where you are not required to do what love requires of you. I know it's difficult, but when you do this, people will begin to see just how much 
loved unconditionally. He loved every single person, regardless of what they have done, regardless of who they are. As we draw to a close, I want to speak directly to those of you who have maybe heard this before, and you have an experience of this in, in your life. And you kind of resist and you push back against church because your interactions with Christians, your interactions with churches have kind of, kind of put you in that space where you go, hey, church isn't loving. Christians aren't loving. And if the Christians aren't loving, I, can't ima- I don't want anything to do with it. And you've been hurt by the church. And I understand that. And I, I don't want to sit up here and kind of defend those churches. I understand that you may have been hurt. And I understand that maybe this, you've got this tendency to resist Christianity and church. And I understand that I may not be able to redefine these things in, in such a way that you're like, yes, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a part of church. And that's not really the goal. But the goal and my hope for you really is this, that you wouldn't miss Jesus through everything that you have seen and experienced. Because at the end of the day, Jesus loves you even if the church hasn't. Even if his followers have mistreated you, that doesn't change the reality that Jesus loves you unconditionally and that he has a plan, a hope, and a purpose for your life. And so my challenge to you, if that's you, to go back into your everyday week and then to come back next week and discover for yourself who Jesus is. Because you may just discover that He has an incredible plan for your life, that He has a purpose for your life, and that He loves you unconditionally. We'll quickly pray and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the love that you've extended to us um, and that you've set us free. We just pray that you would help us to extend that love in our everyday relationships to those who are easy to love as well as those who are difficult to love. Those who have hurt us and have said and done things to us that we struggle to forgive them for. God, I just pray that um, if we have been hurt by the church that we would still see and experience the love that you have for us and that we would be able to love in that incredible unconditional love way. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.